0: so we all have these things we want to do and there's only so many hours in the day
1: yes that's true
0: and i i tend to torture myself a little bit and i struggle i do struggle this is this is this is hopefully not too public of a confession on a podcast but (laughs) i struggle with Balance. One of the things that's challenging is is how to find time to fit things in amidst all the other responsibilities. And I have this pile of books that are piling up, uh-huh. and I keep acquiring more books that I want to read. <laughs> and I even created an Amazon wish list of yep. all the books I would like to get to read at some point. Yep. And probably if I calculated all the pages of those books, it would be in. Well, I know they would be in the thousands. Oh yeah. And then you know I haven't been. Uh, I want to get back to the gym.
1: Yeah, very I important.
0: Need, I want to get back to the gym. I need to get back to the gym. Even my spiritual father talked to me about getting back to the gym.
1: That's a good spiritual father right
0: there. But the day keeps getting so full and yeah. and it's it's almost like, um, not that we believe in a purgatory, but it's almost like a pur- purgatory <laughs> seeing these stacks of books that just keep piling up that I'm like, yeah. one, one day I'll have time to read this. And I was challenged by that notion of one day, you know, I was, I I came across with like a video short in my, in my YouTube feed and, and he was talking about, you know, why do you, you know, basically like, you can't do that. You can't say one day because the time that we're given is, is when, when it's spent, it's spent.
1: Yep. And that one day will never come.
0: Yes. And so it's a matter of figuring out how to get those things incorporated into our day as, you know, in some way, uh, and, you know, and this is, you know, maybe segueing of what we're going to talk about today, but yeah, absolutely, not just managing our time, but redeeming the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's St. Paul says,
0: so there you go. I, I don't know what to do with that. That's my, that's my struggle. I'm sharing with you my struggle. And, yeah. And um, I think that's probably a pretty common struggle for us uh, yeah. in, in today's, uh, days
1: in throughout all of human history there's always yes so many hours and and so much more that we'd like to get done in those hours
0: mm-hmm. to grow in to grow in knowledge to grow in wisdom and and uh and you know and this the importance of taking care of ourselves in the midst of all of that yes and though you can't do this forever
1: for one day mm-hmm. maybe a couple you could extend that day
0: mm-hmm. with a little bit of coffee Oh, that's the problem too. I've done that way too much. <laughs> that that comes back to bite you after a while. But coffee right. is helpful to right. get through those those uh, tiring times. So exactly. You are listening to Church Coffee Pod. I'm Father Gregory, and I'm Father Bryce. Well, I'm you right.
1: you hit on uh, kind of right on our topic there about redeeming the time. Mm-hmm. We are entering very soon. Well, I guess by time this podcast release, we will have entered. The period of the Triodion, Mm -hmm. which is one of the periods of time Mm -hmm. uh, that we have set aside in the church year.
0: And starting really late for us because Pascha is kind of late this year. So I think February 25 or something like that is the publican and the Pharisee, which is the first Sunday of the Triodion. Yep. There's kind of this neat rubric that I read where the, the, I don't know if this was done in the monasteries or parishes or what, but that the uh, triodion, the book of the triodion, was placed in front of the icon of Christ at the beginning of the Vespers.
1: Yeah. We did that at seminary when I was there.
0: And then, and then basically when it was time to begin to start chanting the hymns of the triodion, the person that was in charge of the ordering of the services would go and get the book and bring it over to the chanter Mm -hmm. uh, to begin chanting the first hymns from the triodion. uh, Yeah. At that that pre-Lenten period, there's a three-week pre-Lenten period.
1: Yeah, so let's talk about that. We're familiar with the idea of Lent. You know, mm-hmm. we know that there's this this time period of repentance and preparation for the celebration of the resurrection of Christ. But maybe less of us are familiar with the idea that we have a time to prepare for the time of preparation. Mm-hmm. So that's that's those three weeks, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. It's beginning on the Sunday of the publican and the Pharisee. It's those three weeks leading up
0: to clean Monday. Right. And so just, they they each have their own theme. The publican Mm -hmm. and the Pharisee is about prayer and it's about having humility Mm -hmm. in prayer as opposed to uh, pride. The next Sunday is the prodigal son, which, you know, has the uh, the theme of repentance. Yep. The Sunday after that then is the, is judgment Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's the, you know, the theme of the last judgment from Matthew 25. Right. And then the theme of the Sunday after that is forgiveness Sunday. And it's on forgiveness Sunday, the night, you know, when when you you do services in the morning and then you have the evening Vespers and and you're starting Lent kind of with that evening Vespers. That's your first official Lenten service about midway through that Vespers. You change to dark colors, to purple. Um, the lights are dimmed. And then of course you finish that service by asking everyone there for forgiveness. Um, Mm -hmm in order to start Lent in the in the proper way.
1: So kind of those four Sundays give us kind of the themes of Lent, right? The humility, um, reminding us that that week of the publican and the Pharisee, the whole week after that, we're not allowed to fast. Mm-hmm. Kind of trying to remind us that fasting is, is a part of our spiritual life. It is an important thing we do, but it can be done for the wrong reasons. Yep. Everything in life. the
0: Christian life can become distorted by pride exactly exactly um, it's, it's so it's very easy to do so that's that's why we're they, I think they start us off with this humility. yes
1: oh yeah absolutely so the the humility the repentance that re- return mm-hmm. the return to the embrace of the loving father mm-hmm. the judgment reminding us that other side of the spiritual life not just being kind of about these spiritual practices but also about you know how do we treat our neighbor Mm -hmm. And Forgiveness Sunday, which is kind of a follow up on that, Mm -hmm. you know, Judgment Sunday reminding us to provide our neighbor with those physical necessities that they may be short of, and we may have extra of. And that last day, the Forgiveness Sunday to remind us to give to our neighbor, that spiritual good, the mercy, the compassion, uh, and forgiveness.
0: And I think think that's good to, I mean, we can spend a little bit more time maybe too, especially with those last two, thinking about, you know, as I hear you talk about it, I'm thinking about how how we treat our neighbor as, you know, a barometer. You know, in other words, how we show mercy or don't show mercy, uh, how we give forgiveness or don't give forgiveness uh, as a barometer of kind of how we're doing spiritually, how we're doing Mm -hmm. in our relationship with the Lord. I mean, I think of the verse from St. John where he says, you can't love God if you don't love your neighbor. Like, if you yeah. don't love your brother whom you see, then you can't say you love God whom you don't see. And he's very clear about what he means by love, because he says, little children, let us love not in word, but in deed and truth. Yeah. And so love is a very tangible, actionable thing, uh, at least there in the epistle of St. John. And I, But I do think throughout the scriptures. And so the criteria of the final judgment that the Lord gives us is how merciful we were. Uh, or not to our neighbor Hmm. he says I was hungry and you gave me food I was thirsty and you gave me drink I was naked and you clothed me I was sick and in prison and you visited me and they said when Lord did we see you hungry thirsty naked you know sick Or in prison. And he said, truly, I say to you, and as much as you did to the least of these, my brethren or your brethren, uh, you did it unto me. And then he says, conversely to the goats. And what's interesting is that, you know, using this, I mean, he's talking about the shepherd, the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Mm -hmm. So my brother was big into FFA. He was raising sheep a lot. And I remember asking him, like, talk to me about the difference between sheep and goats. Hmm. And they're both... You know, not the most intelligent animals, um, <laughs> but sheep are are a little bit more docile and they kind of stay in the group and they follow the shepherd and they eat the grass, but they don't rip up the roots. They're not as destructive. <laughs> um, whereas the goats also, you know, are, are not as intelligent, just like the sheep. They both need the shepherd. That's the point of that. They're both dependent on the shepherd, but the goat uh-huh. is is ornery if you turn your back on the goat, you're probably gonna get rammed. Uh, they're probably gonna ram you anyway. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're difficult. They're much more destructive. I mean, they'll just decimate a field (laughs) Mm. so they can be good. And you know, for practical reasons, you really need to clear a field, you know, just get a couple of goats out there and they'll take care of it for you. But sometimes they even rip up the roots, uh, when they're eating things. So they'll really, they can do a lot of damage. Um, and so this kind of this kind of depiction, right, of sheep and goats, sheep kind of being more obedient, quiet, you know, dependent on the shepherd, following the shepherd, and goats being more ornery, ramming the shepherd, thinking they know when they don't know, um, yeah. and being a lot more destructive. Um,
1: yeah, that's interesting. I think, too, it's important to note that all of these weeks of preparation for Lent kind of show us that it's much better to be on the path of salvation Mm -hmm. Uh, it is maybe in some ways more difficult maybe you know it may not be our kind of default mode to be humble rather Mm -hmm. than prideful it may not be our default mode to uh, recognize our reliance on God Um, it may not be our default mode to be generous Mm -hmm. but those who are generous Mm-hmm. especially maybe those who that's been a struggle for them, right? That It's not like just their whole life. They've just been very liberal uh, with the the things that have been given to them, but, but somebody who has kind of made that choice uh, mm-hmm. later in life and so kind of has both experiences. Those who are generous, those who have become more forgiving, those who have become more humble, whatever it may be, I don't think any single one of them would say, you know, it was a lot better when I was tight-fisted. It was a lot better when I was when I was well, prideful. So salvation, we often think, and we're going to get to this as a as our topic, salvation we often think of this thing as like a status that kind of kicks in once I die, like it's a life insurance policy. Hmm. But salvation is is a gift that takes place immediately, right? Yeah, it's
0: it's to be living living
1: now yeah it's better to be living on this path to salvation
0: it's more of a joy it's Mm -hmm.
1: it's more of a as as christ says right i he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly
0: yeah i i also think to want to go back to something you were saying which i think is very important you know thinking about default modes people Mm -hmm. more you know more generous or not or more merciful or not more repentant or not more forgiving or not yeah humble I think when we are in positions where we needed these things, ourselves, yeah, when we truly needed forgiveness mm-hmm. and received it, that makes us hopefully more forgiving ourselves. Right. And if we're struggling with forgiveness, then we should think back to the times when we needed forgiveness. Mm. Studies bear this out. Those that need or struggle more financially are more generous and more willing yeah. to be generous, proportionately speaking. Yeah, Because they know what it's like to be in that position and they have that experience. It's not to say mm-hmm. that other people aren't generous. I mean, people are incredibly generous. Yeah, um, That's not what I'm saying at all. But it just kind of statistically, there's this interesting thing when you've been in that position and you know what that need is, or you've been in that position to be humbled in that way, then we might connect with it more, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, does that make sense? I don't know, maybe I'm just blathering I, I, on here. No,
1: I think it absolutely makes sense. I think it kind of highlights an important lesson that we didn't mention in, in those in the themes of those weeks, which is what begins the spiritual life as it were or the life of repentance for the young man in the parable of the of the mm-hmm. prodigal son which is that he comes to himself mm-hmm. an essential part of the spiritual life an essential part of of lent is being honest mm-hmm. about who we are yeah and if we don't take time to be still to reflect then we will never know who we are. So, like you said, we might have to think to those times when we did need forgiveness, which requires us to be honest. That we mess up. We yeah. we are human, and we we need forgiveness. You know, that's an essential part of of this time as well. Is coming to ourselves, realizing what situation we find ourselves in, and realizing that we we want to <laughs> exchange that situation
0: for the better
1: situation of of our father's embrace. I
0: think the school of life is really important in that, but I like the both. I mean, we go through our day to day and we have the school of life. Yeah. We have these big bumps in the road, um, which are great opportunities for learning, but we also need that time to reflect on what happened. And I think that time is missing for a lot of us today. Yeah. We just don't have the time to sit and reflect and think. And, and if we do have that time, we tend to fill it with something else. Yes. Um, We tend to fill it with, you know, noise of some sort, some sort of entertainment, some sort of numbing, whatever it may be. And it deprives us of that opportunity to really meditate, to think, to reflect back on whether it be on the day or what happened or, and something. And just to be really honest and to sit with, I think we're also very, uh, these things can be painful and we don't like pain and we do everything we can to avoid pain. Whereas sometimes I think leaning into it a little bit would be really good for us. Uh, yes. It would be very purifying in a good way, yeah. um, of course, with the Lord and in, in, in his grace.
1: Yeah, and so there there we come back to this question, uh, or we come back to this issue that you brought up earlier of time mm-hmm. and redeeming the time, and this being another one of those ways, stillness, right, reflection, mm. uh, a, an essential way in which we, we do that. We do mm-hmm. that action of redeeming the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and this... This brings us to a question that we've been hearing a lot, which is how do we as Orthodox Christians, as humans prepare for death? And, and we've already really talked a lot about what that looks like. Mm
0: -hmm. It's, we prepare for death by living the Christian life. Yes. By living the life in Christ. Yes. um, As you alluded to earlier, we need to begin experiencing salvation in the here and now. Yeah. Um, And we know you know we can also know whether we're on that path or not you know whether we're on the path that leads to life because it's it's discussed and in, in detail in the gospel what does it look like mm-hmm. um, Jesus teaches us what it is um, we hear it in the scriptures we hear Paul we hear the the Apostles talk about it yeah uh, and they describe what that life looks like and, and what its components are what's part of it the virtues like humility humility you know repentance prayer mercy right. fasting or, or other types of ascetical disciplines can be helpful Mm-hmm. Uh, on that path um, mm-hmm. they're given to us by the church as gifts to help us on that path and then of course the other path uh, that leads to destruction is, is pretty clear too and that's pretty well mapped out yeah if you think about you know Paul there's the famous verse in Galatians we're Paul talks about the fruit of the spirit yeah but he also talks about the fruit of the flesh and he gives right. a list there too we have yeah. our kids memorize the fruit of the spirit. We don't have them memorize the fruit of the flesh, uh, <laughs> but those are there, um, yeah. and they're worth looking at and reading and thinking about. Which what kind of fruit am I bearing? Right, Absolutely. in my life, am I bearing the fruit of the spirit or am I bearing the fruit of the flesh? Uh, yeah. And that can be a good way of preparing for confession. Mm-hmm. You know, confession is very important as we enter into Lent. The sacrament of confession, coming and bearing honestly our sins and and our pains uh, mm-hmm. to the Lord. And it takes faith, uh, trusting in him uh, to heal us and to help us uh, yeah. in that way.
1: Yeah, and, and you mentioned earlier, something that kind of made me think of the concept of memento mori, which is not mm-hmm. something we talk about a ton in in the Eastern Orthodox tradition, but certainly gets talked about in the Western uh, Christian tradition and, and also, outside of Christianity in the in the school of Stoicism and philosophy and all of that and I think it's an interesting thing not just a kind of a remembrance of death but a remembrance that we are dying is kind of the understanding of the Stoic and that can be that alone could be something that spurs us on towards virtue as as the Stoics hoped it might but uh, it could also be something that kind of causes despair or nihilism or or what have you but i think we we keep coming back to this this quote from saint paul you know redeeming the time how powerful that is in combination with that right that mm-hmm. yes our life is headed towards the grave each you know each moment we we are approaching uh, uh, that reality and yet to redeem the time is to is to make that time that is redeemed eternal just as christ bought us back from death we are given this radical ability according to saint paul to kind of buy time back from death to to make that time not something that just blows away you know uh, dust in the wind as our friends kansas remind us but but that but to make that time something that that is solid and 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 brought into the reality uh, of the kingdom of God, which is an eternal kingdom and a lasting kingdom.
0: Yeah, so that, that concept is found uh, in the Son of Sirash, uh, where actually multiple verses, where it talks about remember death. Um, yeah. One place it says, remember death, and one translation says, this will keep you from sin. Another translation says, remember death and sin not and another verse in there in that book says remember death is not far away and, mm-hmm. and but again not in a morbid uh, kind of obsessive way right but in a way of um so live accordingly um yeah. you know remember death and live accordingly and redeem redeem the time through your life and that's i mean so really when we talk about preparing for death that's our whole life and it's the yeah. life in christ because christ has defeated death by death he has trampled down death and granted life to those in the tombs. And so as we sing at Pascha, and the whole, you know, the journey of Lent is taking us to Holy Week, and it's taking us to the celebration of the resurrection of the Lord, and the Lord's conquering of death. Yeah. And so um, there's, you know, that phrase that you were, you were talking about earlier at some point, you know, if you die before you die, you won't die when you die. Right. So let's talk about that briefly. Like, how do we die before we die? What does that mean? Yeah, I think that's a really
1: important thing to understand. So this comes out of, the Eastern monastic tradition, this quote, so the idea right uh, is the idea of dying to oneself mm-hmm. right if I die to myself or or uh you know as we talk about kind of anytime we do a baptism, or as Paul says, right, if I am crucified with christ if i if I die with Christ in the waters of baptism and in and in my life, then I will also be raised with Christ now that can be a concept that is misunderstood. And when it gets misunderstood, one of two things happens. I think the way it gets misunderstood is that it's made too extreme, that it becomes like a self abuse. And when it when the concept is made extreme like that, then we either say, Nope, that's too hard. And we don't do it, or we do it and then and then we end up hurting ourselves. And and often that can be a path uh, to, uh, to pride as well. Uh, Mm. because, because look at how great I am. I can do all these really difficult things and kind of, you know, deny myself the -hmm. the necessities of life and all of that. Reminds me of the
0: story of a woman who, uh, was fasting and for some reason she got it in her head that she couldn't like, not only was she to keep the fast, but the food wasn't to taste good. She was to take no pleasure in it at all. (laughs) And, uh, and so of course then she was eating less and less and she was getting really, really hungry. And what happens when you get really, really hungry is like all food starts to taste good to you no matter what, because your body's just like needs nutrients Oh no! and it goes into survival mode. And so she, she came weeping before the priest then crying about this situation. He got really frustrated with her actually. And he said, God made the apple taste good and there's nothing you can do about it. Just eat it. (laughs) Right. Right. Again. Christ
1: said he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Death to self is not just like I experience no pleasure. I right. think what you said earlier is is a great barometer, right? Am I willing to set aside what I mm-hmm. what I think I want or think I need um or maybe even genuinely need and I set it aside for a time, right? Mm-hmm. In order to serve my neighbor. Well,
0: it's the connection between sacrifice and love. Yeah. Um, and faith is a component of that. Yes. Am I willing to sacrifice out of love for somebody else? I mean, Mm -hmm. and the par excellence example of that is Holy Friday. Yeah. I mean, that's Jesus offers himself up upon the cross for the life of the world out of love for the father and out of love for us. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's, that's, so then we have small versions of that in our day to day. Yeah. Am I willing to sacrifice my place in the grocery line for this older woman? Am I, am I willing to sacrifice a little time to help out the student that needs tutoring? Am I yeah. am I willing to sacrifice a little bit of spending money so that uh, I can contribute to something that's, you know, a program that's feeding the poor, like the food pantry or the soup kitchen, right. um, and, and so on and so forth. Um, am I willing to sacrifice something I have because somebody else needs it more, whatever it may be? Uh, right to give to them, and there's a lot of joy in that sacrifice. But the sacrifice needs to be born out of love, not begrudgingly, as yeah, Saint and I think, Paul tells us. Yeah, I think it's great
1: that you started with things that people might even already be doing, and I think sometimes, kind of wave those things away and like, well, that's not really anything, right? Like, like giving up my place in the line at the grocery store so that you know mm-hmm. somebody who's maybe a little more infirm can go first. Uh, you know, I think that's a that's a great. That's a great thing that's a mm-hmm. wonderful thing i think it's beautiful and it and it reminds me of we talked about saint therese of Lisieux during our podcast yeah. on nihilism whenever possible do the smallest good thing that you can do mm-hmm. always out of love like you mm-hmm. just said mm-hmm. and i
0: think that's that's so wonderful i was going to say because we're going back to one of the themes we have i know we're kind of bouncing all around here a little bit but the theme of the final judgment, which is one of the themes of the triodion. I mean, we are going to face judgment. We are going to stand before the Lord and give an account of ourselves for everything we do in the flesh, everything we do in the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is very clear in the scriptures, um, contrary to what you know some, some Christians might believe. Paul says this in multiple places. There's a passage in 2 Corinthians that talks about that very explicitly uh ephesians i mean he he says this all over the place it's amazing people kind of don't see this or miss it and christ himself of course taught this in the gospels that we have in matthew 25 that's the reading where the last judgment comes from Mm -hmm. yeah we're gonna have to give an account of ourselves before the lord we're gonna stand in front of him and so keeping that in the in the forefront of our minds uh as we kind of go as we go through our day to day yeah, I think this is a good clarification to make when we think about this question
1: of how do I love my neighbor? How do I love my neighbor as myself? Father Thomas Hopko always pointed this out when he preached on this on that passage, right? The you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength, and you will love your neighbor as yourself. We often put in uh, another love, mm-hmm. right? We often read it like you will love your neighbor as you love yourself. You will love your neighbor in the same way you love yourself. Mm-hmm. But there isn't a second love. Right. Um, and, it's, and the point is that our neighbor is ourself. Mm-hmm. Right? Our life our, and
0: our death is with our neighbor. Yeah. As St. Anthony said.
1: Oh, I didn't. That's a am sure I read that quote at some point, but I had forgotten it. That's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And connects us right back to the, this question of how do we prepare for, for our death? Mm-hmm. Our neighbor, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and just and just a re- reminder that to be on the path to salvation is a joyful thing. That's mm-hmm. not to say it's not hard. That's not to say that it doesn't that there, you know, that I won't experience suffering, uh, or or difficulty or or what have you. But you mentioned this lady who <laughs> thought that she couldn't experience pleasure while eating. Lent is not about the declining of all bodily pleasures because pleasure is bad. That is not the point. Mm -hmm. Lent is not about doing the opposite of what I want to do because I I don't know, I'm I'm bad and so I shouldn't I shouldn't get what I want. That is Mm -hmm. not that is not the message of the gospel. Uh the message of the gospel is a message of Salvation and joy mm-hmm. uh, for life, for for eternal life, which is not a distant reality. This is not just joy and peace and love and all of that good stuff when we die. It's all that stuff now, and and so Lent Lent is is a time to really lean into those those realities. Lean into the reality of the loving of our neighbor. Re- lean into that reality, like like Father Gregory uh, quoted from Saint Anthony, that our we, our life and our death is with our neighbor mm-hmm. uh, lean into the reality that our loving father is waiting to embrace us lean into these realities that we see throughout these four sundays of the Triodion period yeah
0: well um yeah because lent lent is a is a program to help us yeah and, and to guide us and to prepare us uh and to help us grow closer to christ and all these things and that's really the point right.
1: keep that focus on keep that focus on god Keep that focus on Jesus.
0: So we wish everyone a blessed uh, Triodion, a blessed preparation period for Lent, and a blessed Lent uh, as that season comes up. When you be when you be listening to this, and um, also you know we kind of just to mention real quick, you know we had talked about the Triodion period. One of the things we begin to do at Lent is the Saturday of Souls. Mm-hmm. Uh, so praying for those that have already passed away, we offer the memorial services, and we talked about that. You know, I think what was that uh, episode eleven? Yes, on the Uh, the Dormition. So so Mm -hmm. we kind of talked about that a little bit more extensively. So if you want to hear more about that, you can go back and listen to that episode. So again, blessed trio of the unblessed Lent to everyone. Where can people send questions or comments? If
1: you've got any questions you would like us to discuss on future podcasts or any questions uh, following up on this podcast, you can email us at churchcoffeepod at gmail.com or you can leave us a voicemail at 317-660-5498. Thank you for listening to The Church Coffee Pod. If you enjoyed what you heard, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. And make sure to tell your friends that church coffee isn't so bad after all. Peace.